Can we get into the word today? Are you ready to get into the word? Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. We are continuing our series, Power in Prayer. Power in Prayer. And we are looking at the very simple topic of prayer. And uh, how many of you know sometimes it's the simple topics we trip over? Come on, we're chasing after the deep things and we're tripping over the simple. Because many people in here, when we talk about prayer, uh, some of you who are, who are super saints and who have been saved for a long time are like, oh man, really I came today on the easy day. Like, I know this already. Well, well, just, just hang with me, okay? Uh, because, because I think it's important for every single person, myself included, to be on a journey of increasing our prayer life, of, of stirring the fire of our prayer life. How many of you know there's more for you? There's more for you. And if there's more, would you want it? That's a question that I ask myself. Stephen, if God had more for you, would you want it? Well, absolutely. Absolutely. So we're going to go after it today, can we? Power in prayer series. Uh, last week, we talked about kind of the purpose and the power of prayer. And we, we talked about how many times, you know, the calling that God has placed on us as individuals and as a church uh, see, see, we need to know that because our prayer life needs to match our calling. Our prayer life needs to see, see, you, you, if, if you've been called to do some great things and many of you are saying, well, that doesn't mean that that's not me. Well, who told you that? Remember we said this last week. Who's telling you that you don't have the call of God on your life? Not God. As a matter of fact, God paid a high price for you and he left you here for a reason. And so we need to see that and we need to understand that God has placed us right here in Pinellas County, in the Tampa Bay area, 2.8 million people, 80% of them don't go to church, are not saved. I didn't say eight, I said 80. And we're concerned about swapping churches and can we get this and can we do this and this. No, 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 no. We need to reach our community for Jesus. And we need to understand God has placed a mantle over this house a mantle over this house, and it's going to take us rising up to match that mantle in our prayer life. The intensity of our call need to match with the same intensity of our prayers because there's power in prayer. Amen? I was thinking this week about, you know, here in the States, we, we prayer is a kind of last resort for us. Let's just be honest. For most people, it's a last resort. Man, if, you're, if you need a bailout, man, it's like, I'm going to go to God. There are people who, though, they depend on the power of prayer. They depend on the Holy Spirit. And, and, and some of those, especially people who live in other countries who, who uh, serve as missionaries. And I was thinking this week about Nate and Jessica Becker who serve in, in San Paulo, Brazil. And, and we just sent a team of four people down there. And man, I'm telling you, uh, revival is happening in the slums. Did you know that just like God shows up in the comfort of our American church, he shows up in the filth of the slums of San Paulo, Brazil? And God is, God's heart breaks for them. And those missionaries, uh, Nate came from our church, and, and we support them every single month. But they depend on prayer. And I wanted just to show you uh, in, in, in just a quick moment some of the things that God did during that trip of the four people who, who just got back from San Paulo, Brazil. So you guys check out the screen. It, 
it is unlike anything that uh, I had ever seen before in my life. We would walk the streets and you would see these homes that we would never consider homes. We can't put into words how bad these homes were. The streets had sewage flowing through them and the kids were playing soccer and the soccer ball would run through the, the wetness of the street and then they would keep kicking it and I realized that they're playing in sewage. You see this, how they live, and yet the children are running around and they're playing, I mean, they're kids. The difference is, is that in addition to that, uh, a seven-year-old has to prepare food for his two or three younger kids. No shoes, no parents, and you could tell they haven't eaten in days. Um, it was poverty to the, to the fullest extent. You know, AMO Ministries really feeds the sheep. AMO means feed my sheep in Portuguese. Sun up to sundown, that's all they do. They bring it home, they preach the word, they work hard. The day in and day out ministering over and over. AMO has been working in the favelas for over 20 years. I've been able to see the growth that AMO has, has had and the impact that they're having in the favelas. There was, uh, in one of Nate's uh, classes, there was 52 children uh, in his class. When they're in the church in the favelas and they're in those walls, they're happy, they're excited, they're proud to be a part of that church. How can they not complain about their lives and their situations and we can complain about traffic or gas or whatever it may be? And these little kids are just, they're in bad situations, the worst situations you can think of, but they're happy in church. We would go from home to home where you would see one bed with six or seven people. And how welcoming they were, like, please talk to me about the gospel. And, and I would write my journal, I would, I would get back from a home that we visited and just write down something I felt just to get it off my heart. So Pete, the leader of AMO, would speak with us every day about our emotions and how to process everything. And there's a few lines that I remember writing down and, and I like to share those. It breaks my heart thinking about the children. They are just abandoned. I cried after dinner last night while we were talking. The kids are Hudson and Elliot's age. Those are my children. But, um, but I kept telling myself when I was walking the streets, and like Pete said, at least we know God is faithful. It's hard to think about. I've never seen things like I did yesterday. It pulls at your heart, and I question everything about myself. I really need to dig deeper and, and trust my faith. And I try to think about that. At least God is faithful. We can send people, we can help uh, in offerings and prayer. You know, not everybody can go, but we can send. Amen, church.
AMO means feed my sheep. And I just want to say this before we dive in. That was a, a command to us. And when I said that our prayer life has to match our calling, it's because these types of things are not just in San Paulo, but they are around us. They are, they are feet from our doorsteps right here at Generation Church. And I'm just telling you, it's time for the church to rise up. It's time for the church to rise up and understand that our calling is not comfort. As a matter of fact, comfort keeps us from our calling. It's time to press through. It's time to make a difference. It's time to cry out for revival and see the kingdom of heaven come to earth. Come on, who's with me? Who's with me? We're trying to see change. We're trying to see change here and around the world, here and around the world. So today, uh, with that said, I want us to uh, dive in a little more into this topic of prayer. I want us to talk today about how to pray, how to pray. How do we pray? And I know that sounds simple because you could say to me, well, prayer is just communicating, right? Well, that looks different depending upon the relationship. Prayer looks very different depending upon who you're talking to. Um, and I've found out some things in, in, in my journey and in, in doing what I do. And many people think it's hard to do what I do. But I would say that it's harder to pray than it is to preach. It's harder for me to pray than it is for me to preach. And you may say, well, you need to explain that a little bit. What do you mean by that? Well, here's what I mean by that. There have been some times when I stand up here and I, and I present what God has given uh, me for you. And, and I'll, I miss it. There's some things that will sound good up here, but when they come out here, I'm like, that's not what I was supposed to say. Uh, there's been some things I've said wrong, which you are quick to let me know when that happens. Thank you very much for keeping me on track. Uh, there, there's, there's been some sermons that I've preached where I've just been like, okay, I could have done better right there. But here's what's never happened. Never, never, never in all the years I've been preaching. Never have I, never have I forgotten that I was preaching while I was preaching. Let me explain this to you. Not, not one time have I ever been in, in, in midpoint and then just kind of gaze off and start thinking about how Florida State needs to get their act together because it's just, this is an embarrassment. They're not even going to make a bowl in 30. This is embarrassing. Oh, I'm so, well, I was preaching. I'm sorry. Hello, I'm sorry. Never happened before. But how many times have I been before the throne of God and in mid-sentence start thinking about something else until all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I was praying. I'm sorry about that, Lord. I'm, my bad. You've never done that because you're holy, right? You're so holy. But your preacher has done that. Especially, how about I get up early? I'm trying to be real holy, so I'm going to get up real early, right? Before, I'm trying to be like Jesus before the sun's even up. When I get up, and two seconds into my prayer, I'm like, where my, where my, where my coffee at? I need some more. I need some stronger coffee. What's happening here? So, so, so we think prayer is easy, and so what happens is, is many times we're chasing after the deep things, tripping over the simple, yet God has called us not to get all of the deep revelation, but to master the simple things, but to master the simplicity of the gospel. If we could just stay simple, I think we would make a difference. Amen. And so I want to teach you how to pray. I want to let Jesus teach us together how to pray. I kind of did some polling this week of, uh, in the last few weeks and talking to people and seeing if they would really be honest with me and said, could you share with me what your prayer life looks like? Be honest. You know, you've got the, the, the super spiritual people who are like, well, I get up at 4.30 a.m. I prepare my coffee and I set my Bible out and I spend the next three hours in prayer and fasting. 
I'm like, okay, all right, next. So, uh, so, so then you've got people, most people, I would say 90%, 95% of the people said, you know, it's not that I don't want to pray. Um, it's that I start to pray and then very quickly run out of things to say. Very quickly run out of things to say. And I started doing some more research, and I realized that there was a huge prayer study done. And, and, and this was very interesting. And, and this one study said that 90% of prayers... 90% of prayers are, are, are about our family. So 90% of what you pray about is about your, your family. And, 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 and when we look into how those prayers sound, most of the time it sounds like this. Bless this person and be with that person. Be with me today, God. Like, what does that even mean? Can you, can you imagine if you're standing right in front of me and, you, and I come up to you and I just say, can you just be with me right now? I'm like, bro, I'm right here. What you talking about? Be with you. I'm with you. I wonder, how, I wonder how many times we say things to God just because they're, they're prayer phrases and we don't really even know what we're saying and I'm not saying it's wrong for you to say God be with me today because he knows your heart he knows what you mean by that I'm just saying it's time for us to raise the level of our prayer life and understand that we can be very specific when we go before the throne because he wants to answer specific I have found this when you pray general he can answer general but you can you you can say well that could have just happened Lord, if you, would just, if you would just help this situation, what do you mean by help? But when you come in closer and when you peel some things back and you specifically say, God, this person is going through a, a terrible time at home and they don't have peace and he's struggling with anxiety. And in the name of Jesus, I'm asking you to take that away. See, now when that anxiety goes, guess who gets the glory? God gets the glory. Well, it's not this general, oh, just bless me today. Well, what do, what do you mean by that? What do you mean by be with me today? Okay, well, he lives in you. <laughs> Again, I'm not saying that it's wrong. I don't want you to walk out of here condemned. We're all on this journey together. I'm just trying to get us to, to, to pray, to, to raise the bar so that we can see effectiveness and see and pulling heaven down to earth. Talked about people who said, you know, three seconds go by, I don't really know what to say, or, you know, it's, it's it really reminded me of like, you know, because prayer is conversation and, and conversation can look different. Like how many of you remember if you're married, you remember the first date you ever had with your spouse? I mean, the very first time you took them out or the very first. If you all see now, it's like online dating, which is even more awkward because you've never you, you've never seen this person in reality. And then you just sit down in front of them. Now, what happens if you're sitting down and what was on the computer screen does not match what is sitting in front of you? And, and so now you're trying to get to know this person. And how awkward could that get? Pretty awkward. After about three questions, you're just like, so, um, what do you uh, what 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 do you do? Um, f what, what what do you do? <laughs> Just awkward. But how many of you know? See, I had a first date with my wife, but time has gone by. I've been married almost fifteen years, and four kids later, we can be in the same room together and communicate without even speaking. I I, I said this: the gauge for me of whether or not we're friends <laughs> is whether or not we can be in the same room together and not even have to talk and it's not awkward. 
You know what I'm talking about. You ever had people where you're just trying to chill on the couch and they're sitting over there and it's just awkward because there's just this expectation of communication. But you get to a level of intimacy where you don't even have to say nothing and you're good. Where you can communicate just being in the room. Just give, just give them a look and they know exactly what that look means. That comes from intimacy. That comes from time. And what I'm trying to do is in our relationship with God is to take us past the awkward first date stage. Who's with me? And we need to get into the intimacy phase where we know each other, where you can go before God and you don't even have to say anything. But you can just sit in his presence. And you can just be. And you can just be in your father's lap. And you don't even have to open your mouth. And there is fellowship there. Communication is happening without words even being spoken. Well, this is what we need to get to this place of intimacy. We need to be growing in our prayer life. Somebody say, I'm ready to grow. I'm ready to grow. Listen, I'm a pastor. I've been saved 16 years, but I'm ready to grow. I'm ready to grow. I'm ready to go deeper. I've, I've heard God speak to me over and over. Stephen, I have more for you. Will you press in even more? Will you press in? Will you dig a little deeper? My answer is yes. I'm going to go there. Matthew chapter 6, because I'm going to let Jesus teach us. Matthew chapter 6, and this is, by the way, uh, referred to as the Lord's Prayer. I would call it the Disciples' Prayer because Jesus was actually teaching this prayer to the disciples. And, uh, and in verse 9, he says, pray then like this. And I really want to stop right there uh, because, um, you know, he, he said pray like this. He didn't say pray this. Let me explain this. Did you know that the Lord's Prayer, I, I, this kind of blew my mind too, the Lord's Prayer has been said out loud more than any other phrase in history. No other, no other group of words have been combined and spoken out loud more than the Lord's Prayer in history. In history. And while that's amazing, what, what, I, what I want to explain to us is that this prayer was not given to us to copy. It was given to us as a model. It was given to us to teach us how to pray, not to give us what to pray. He wants to grow us so that we're not dependent upon these verses in this Bible. And so he says, pray then like this, our Father who is in heaven. Now, I don't know about you, but I grew up learning this in the, in the old King James. Our Father whom art in heaven. Right? And let me just say this too. You don't have to pray in King James. <laughs> Come on, don't shout me down because I know some of y'all like to use all those big words. And Lord God, us if right now in the holiest art thou namest. <laughs> like what? You just sound dumb. You know, we don't talk like that. So, see, see, I'm just saying, you don't have to get like fancy with God. You don't have to pull things out of the dictionaries where you sound smart. You just need to be you. You just need to be you. Um, uh, we don't have to, we don't have to pray in the King James and y'all know what I'm talking about. Don't, don't look at me like that. So he says this, our father in heaven, hallowed be 
your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This is a model for us that Jesus has left with us. And it is interesting because in the other gospels, the disciples are actually saying, Jesus, teach us how to pray. And it is the only thing that they ever asked him to teach them to do. They saw him work miracles. They saw him preach to thousands. And they saw him do all of these amazing things. And yet there was something about the prayer life of Jesus. There was something. They no doubt had their own prayer life. They no doubt had their own prayer life, but they noticed something when he would go off to a desolate place, when he would come back, it was like he was energized, he was full of the supernatural, and healings happened, and the kingdom of God advanced. But he never did that before he went off and spent time in prayer. And so the disciples said, teach us how to do that. Teach us how to to do that. And this is why I know that we're not meant to just repeat these, these words to God and just, if I just say this, you know, this tired religious phrase that just, you know, we can get to a point where familiarity just kind of, it, it, you know, that, that saying, it breeds contempt, right? Where, where it's just like, it doesn't, we don't even notice anything. We just say it. We're just used to it. John 3 16. For God so loved the world. Well, sometimes we need to pause and rethink about that. I was thinking about this. I got four kids, and we have people at our house sometimes. It's very, very funny because when we have, we have four kids who, who like to be loud, they like to play, they like to play with each other and wrestle an occasional fight, you know, some elbows going and just some, you know, it's just you got four kids. And we'll have people over at our house who don't have kids. They're not used to that. And so I'll be sitting across the table totally locked in. I mean, 100% just glued in and chaos is just ensuing around us. And I, and I forget about it. And I'm all of a sudden, I'm seeing their, their eyes and their nervousness come. And I'm like, what's going on? Oh, yeah, I, I'm sorry. I, I didn't even pay. I wouldn't even know. And that was there. I'm just so used to it. I'm just used to the chaos. But we can't, we can't treat Scripture and these tired phrases like that. This needs to be fresh. We need to be paying attention to this and, and knowing. It's just, I, I thought about this. I thought about, like, imagine if I wrote, uh, I wrote something out for my wife. And I, and I wake up, and I, I go to her, you know, and I, I say, I got something to tell you, babe. And I pull out my little note, and my, and my note said this. Thou art the wife of my youth, and I love you. Please overlook all of my mistakes and failures. Thank you. And I folded my note up and I put it in my pocket and I went about my day. And about four hours later, I called Joy. And I said, I got something to tell you, Joy. You ready? Pulled out my little note. And I said, thou art the... She's like, what is wrong with you? Like, talk to me. Uh-oh. That's what I'm trying to tell us. Is that how many times, have how many people have gone before the Lord and it's like that tired note. And God is like, man, I really just want your heart. I really just want your heart. I really just want to, I, I want to know you. And I can't know you through a note. Like, like we know each other through connection and through, and, and through family, through intimacy. Just, just what's on your heart? Come on, wives, how many of you just, you, you said that to your husband. Just, can you just tell me what's on your heart? And we're like, well, well I'm good. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> 
<laughs> Come on, we need to grow in our prayer life. I want to talk about the three elements of prayer. This is very practical, by the way, so don't expect some deep revelation. I said this last week. This is not some deep revelation and, and sermon that's just going to blow you away. Well, he told us to pray more. I've never heard that before. It's amazing. But I do want to teach you some things about prayer. And, and there are three elements of prayer, if you're a note taker, and they are praise, petition, and confession. Praise, petition, and confession. And we see that modeled in this prayer. Praise, petition, and confession. And so with that said, I want us to look back at this and really uh, and talk about a few practical things as it relates to our prayer life. In verse 9, go there with me. It says, Jesus is saying this because it's in red. He says, pray then like this. Our Father in heaven. Now, I got to stop us right there. See, we like to move quickly by that and get to the point of I need something. And we skip past these first words right here. Our Father in heaven. I would say to you that this is the very basis of the conversation that we have with God in prayer. Our Father must become our, the basis by which we approach God. Uh, in other words, you know, why did Jesus say our Father? He could have used anything right there. And by the way, I don't know if you knew this or not, Jesus was the first person to ever refer to him as Father. So this was not common. This was shocking. If you're a Muslim, this is so, so inappropriate. They would never refer to God as Father. That is absolutely inappropriate because you are pulling, you are pulling what's holy down to us. And they would say, that is so inappropriate. And yet, this is the story of Christianity. We could never reach him, so he comes to us. He comes to us. And this is the very basis of our prayer life. Don't skip this. Why didn't he say, our king who is in heaven, our savior who is in heaven, our healer who is in heaven. Those would have all worked. Jesus was strategic when he said this. Why? Because, because God's character and will for us is revealed in his name. God's care, he always revealed his character, which also revealed his will for us through his name. In the Old Testament, the children of Israel are like, what do we call you? And he says, I am. That's it. <laughs> I just am. And then he started to explain, and he, he, he would refer to himself as Jehovah Jireh. They could understand this a little better, which means the Lord my provider. See, then when they thought about God, they could say, oh, I can grab that because God is my provider. It's his nature, and it includes my status because of who he is. Jehovah Jireh, you are my provider. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is my peace. Now this name of God is revealing something about who he is and who he is for me. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord my healer. God, you are my healer. And let me say this about Jesus referring to, to uh, the, saying our Father. You see, all of those names in the Old Testament are still valid for us today. 
You see, just because we're in the new covenant does not mean he ceases to be our provider. He's still all of those things for us today. It was revealing of his character, but he couldn't quite be father yet because, you see, it was the cross that gave us access into the family. It gave us family status. And so he chooses to say, when you pray, go before your father, not your God not your whatever father we we have been we have been adopted into the family this name is revealing of his nature and revealing of our status john chapter 1 and verse 12 it says this but to all who did receive him who believed in his name he gave the right to become children of god Ch you see again this goes back to familiarity this is already rolling past some of you I know it is. I can feel it. Some of you are like, yeah, I got it, man. Like, next point. Father, family, good. Let's move on. No, 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 let's not move on. Because I really don't think you have it yet. For a lot of us, you see, I think the very, you're wondering why your prayer life is stale, and I'm here sent by God to tell you it's because you've shot past this point quick and gone right to give me this day my daily bread. And we have not stopped and meditated on the fact that we are approaching God who is not just way up there, but he is down here and he has adopted us. We are sons and we are daughters. As a matter of fact, Hebrews 4.16 says, let us then with boldness draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. This is shocking to the readers of this century. You don't, you don't approach a throne boldly you will be killed you will be killed so so this is him using this word is is not something we should run quickly past let it settle and I want to just teach you because some of you are are are, are here and you're like you know uh, I, I pray for six seconds and then I don't know what else to pray go back to the Lord's prayer and say our father in heaven and then stop and then what we need to learn to do is just branch out from that one phrase meditate on it you may say something like this, our Father who is in heaven, God, I thank you for being my Father. I thank you for who you are, and because of who you are now, who I am. You are a good Father. You love me. You never gave up on me, and you don't plan on starting now. And I just want to stop right here and just say, thank you, Father God. And then you move on. You see how that works? Our Father who is in heaven. This is the basis of our prayer. The second thing, I want to talk about the essence of prayer. The essence of prayer is found in the next phrase. It says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. The essence of prayer is praise. The essence of prayer is praise. And what I mean by that is that praise kind of bounces through all areas of prayer. You got praise, you got petition, which leads to confession. We see that modeled here, and I know it happens in my own prayer life. I can go before the Lord, and I start with praise, and I'm saying, God, you're so good. I thank you for who you are. And then I begin to petition heaven to earth. And in the midst of that, in the midst of seeing God's greatness and 
knowing who he is and seeing that he would still call me a son, it leads to confession. Confession just comes out and I just begin to say, God, forgive me for where I failed you. I'm so thankful for the cross of Jesus Christ because you've washed me. You've called me your own and you, you don't even count my trespasses against me, but I just want to thank you for that. You see how you see how it just kind of confession comes out, but praise bounces through prayer. I can be confessing, and then I'm like, Lord, thank you. I love you. I'm just so thankful for forgiving me. I'm thankful for that. Petition. God, I I'm asking for heaven to come to earth in this area. I'm asking for the peace of God to come in this area. And I'm just so thankful because I know you're gonna do it. You're faithful, and you begin to praise right there, right through petition. Praise weaves itself through. This will help somebody today. If you only came to church today to hear this point, you need to add praise to your prayer life. It's going to help you. It's going to help you. And I want to tell you, I want to tell you why. Because praise recalibrates our perspective. In other words, let me say it like this. When we praise, we look up. When we petition, we look out. In other words, when I say, your kingdom come, your will be done, give us this day, pray for this lady, pray for my job, pray for my son, pray for my daughter, pray for me, I'm looking outward. When I praise, I look up, but I am, I am better equipped to look out after I have looked up. And so what I do is I actually come before the Lord and I just start to look up and I just gaze into heaven. I'm not asking him for nothing yet. I'm just, I'm calling back to who he is. God, you are amazing. You are savior. You are healer. You are provider. You saved me. I'm thankful for that. And I just praise your name right now. You are declaring back to him who he is. Now I am recalibrated, right, to heaven's frequency. Now when I look out, I am better equipped to petition heaven to earth. I'm full of faith now. Whereas before, I might have had fear. See, you go straight to petition, but you're full of fear. Lord, I know it's big, and I know and this is crazy mess right now. I don't really even know what I'm going to do, and I just thought maybe you might have an answer because this is crazy right now. <laughs> well, if you would have looked up first, and you would have seen the very one who spoke the stars into existence, who knows the number of hairs on your head, and who said, I will never leave you or forsake you, and nothing can separate me from you for the love of Christ Jesus. Nothing. Now I'm like, oh, wow. I yes. Lord, I just declare right now in Jesus' name that you save my friend right now. No, see, you see the difference? I'm equipped to declare because I looked up first. Because I looked up first. Praise recalibrates your perspective. Don't skip and rush right to what you need. Come on now, somebody. Here's where, again, I want to be practical in each one of these points. You may get to this part. See, some of you are so new in prayer, and it's totally fine. We're all on a different journey. That you just need to actually this week open up Matthew 6 and pray this prayer. But after each point, you're going to pause and you're going to kind of go off track a little bit. Right? Let me teach you something. So when you say, Lord, hallowed be your name, you're going to stop and you're going to look up. And you're going to begin to actually do that. God, I, hallowed means, means separate and holy and, and amazing. Right? And you're just going to begin to spend some time in praise to God. You're amazing. You're wonderful. You heal the sick. Come on. You save the lost. You cast out demons. I thank you for who you are. This is the power of praise and prayer. You with me? All right. Lastly today, 
I want to talk about the impact of prayer. I want to talk about really what we're actually asking God to do. A lot of times Christian phrases can sound can make us think certain things. So like in other words, you know, when we say um, charismatic, some of you have a certain you're like, ooh, crazy. Right. But some of you grew up in a healthy, charismatic church and you're like, Holy Spirit, let's go. Dependent upon your experience, that phrase can have different meaning. So we could say something like, we're petitioning heaven to earth. And you think, ooh, crazy, crazy Pentecostal, just, you know, crazy, like falling out, you know, jumping over chairs. Nope. uh uh-uh. But see, we have to understand some things that when we say we are petitioning heaven, Jesus told us to pray just like this. Thy kingdom, thy kingdom come on earth. Thy kingdom come in your family. Thy kingdom come at your job, in Publix, in Walmart, just as it is in heaven. Oh, this is not some Pentecostal phrase. This is Jesus. It's in red. He said, pray this way. Petition heaven to earth. How does that look? It looks like this. You go to work tomorrow around people you don't like. Ain't nothing heaven about nobody there. Ain't nothing heavenly about nothing there. You just walk in and it's just like, ugh. (laughs) It's just true. And you have the choice to be molded, to be molded by your atmosphere, and ultimately changed by your atmosphere because what's molded, if once it's molded, you know what happens when it hardens? It stays that way. You have the choice to go into your environment and declare heaven into that place. This is what prayer is all about. If you have a family member where the kingdom of God is not represented in any way, you declare it to be. This is not... You know, Pentecostal versus, you know, whatever. Sovereignty versus this. No, no, no. This is just Jesus praying the way he told us to pray. I don't know about you, but I'd rather listen to him. You got a lot of pastors who say a lot of good things, but I want to know what Jesus said. I'm going to model my prayer life after what he said. And he told me, pray like this, thy kingdom come come that kingdom is the king a kingdom is a realm it is a a system it is a it is a order it is it is a set of culture a set of beliefs and so what we're saying is it's not some crazy you know spooky holy spirit whoa no no no. this is actually saying god this my co-worker is struggling right now going through a tough situation And she needs the peace of God. It's not naturally here right now. We have no way to manufacture uh, like a peace candy and be like, eat this. There's no way in the natural realm for her to find the peace that she needs. And so we say, in Jesus' name, I declare the peace of God into your life right now. Based on the word of God right now, you receive the very peace of God and we are activating heaven we are releasing the kingdom of God into your workplace this is what we're called to do I always say this intercession like intercessory prayer which 
come back next week because we're going to talk about the different types of prayer. We need to learn the different types of prayer. I've always said this. Intercession is simply that. You, in your going, wherever you don't see the kingdom of God, call it to be. Well, I'm, I'm at my job right now. This definitely ain't kingdom. You begin to intercede the kingdom into your family. Chaos is no peace. Kids crazy. All this stuff. You begin to intercede and you begin to call heaven down in your family and allow God to, to work and bring a new atmosphere into your home. The impact of prayer. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth. This is petitioning heaven. This is calling heaven and i want to just close with this this is the million million dollar question this is a tough one and i've you know prayed about this and i've spent many many years walking through this and and i am very cautious of everybody's personal life and things that you have personally walked through and i just want you to know that i i myself have walked through some pretty tough times whether it be, you know, believing God for, for a baby that Joy and I lost and, and we just fought and we fought and we fought and we fought or a loved one or a family member or a job where I'm, I'm it's so bad that I'm just calling heaven, I'm calling heaven. The million dollar question is what happens when we pray and nothing happens? Do you know how many people that I've talked to, whether in restaurants, in the street, or in church, who say, I quit serving God because 11 years ago, I prayed for my grandmother, and she died, and God let it happen, and I will never serve him again. You know how many times I've heard that? I went through this tough situation, and I called, and where was he to be found? I will never serve him. What do we do? Do we stop praying? Here's what happens, and in, in churches get divided, and then we end up on extremes. You see, um, there, on one extreme, you could say, well, God is just sovereign. And everything he does or everything he wants to happen is just going to happen. So let's just not even pray. I don't need to pray for that person to be healed. If God wants them to be healed, they'll be healed. That's just not biblical. It's just not. You can't find a verse in the Bible that can back that up. Now, on the flip side, we know by experience that we've prayed for things. We've asked heaven to come, and things did not work out the way that we wanted to. Now, does that throw us off track? And here's why it shouldn't. Because we need to understand that God has called us to pray, but he's the one. He's the one who's working. If you prayed and nothing happens, you were obedient, and you can be happy about that. In other words, I always say this, I'd rather at least give heaven an opportunity to show up. Because listen, is it possible for you to pray heaven into your office and it not happen? It is possible. But I'll tell you something else. If you don't pray, it's definitely not going to happen. So what I would at least want to do is to begin to declare and give heaven an opportunity. The Bible says his ways are higher than ours. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And so what do we do with that, church? Here's what I've come to realize, and I just want to share this with you because I want us to all grow in this place. We will pray until the last minute. Amen. We will believe until we can't believe anymore. 
there, listen, I, if you call me to the hospital to pray for your 95-year-old grandmother who's sick, I'm going to believe God to heal her. And you know what? It may be God's time to take her in that moment. And it would be a sweet homecoming. You see, because his ways are higher than my ways. But I'm not God. And so I'm going to do what he told me to do. And I'm going to believe. And I'm going to pray. And I'm going to say, God, take this sickness away. Heal this person. I'm asking for life right now. He's not mad at me for doing that. He's happy when I do that. And if something happens, if she goes to be with Jesus, then I can know, I can hang my head, my head high and I can know, ultimately, I'm not God. I rest under the sovereignty of God. This is the only way to live, guys. Listen, if you go through something terrible and in the worst pain you can ever imagine, which I would never minimize, you cry out to God, you don't understand why this happened. You get to the place where you ultimately know, God, you are still in control. I'm going to pray until I can't pray anymore. And I don't understand this, but God, I know you're faithful. I know you're good. I know you're going to get me through this in the deepest, through the deepest pain, not around the deepest pain. Through the deepest pain, I can rest in his goodness. I can trust his sovereignty and I can know you're in control. And then I begin to stand on the word of God. God, I don't know everything, but I know a couple things. I know I have a hope in you. I know nothing's going to separate me. I know if you're for me, no one can be against me. And I'm strong and I'm sturdy through every season of life. It's not about, well, he didn't do this, so I can't. No, it's about reverencing and honoring the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And at the very same time, praying, 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 believing, believing, believing until the very last moment. I told you guys this last week, but if I'm sick in a hospital bed, come pray with faith. Come pray with faith. Come pray believing. Don't come in there puny prayers you know Lord if you're feeling like it you know if it might be your will today I don't know but you know whatever you want to do here we're just kind of here and just asking you to to what No, no, I don't know the end result. I don't know, that, but, but because of that, I'm going to declare. And I want you to declare over me. I declare in Jesus' name. I declare healing in Jesus' name. I declare sickness to go in Jesus' name because of the stripes that Jesus bore. And I pray in faith, knowing that he's able. This is not rubbing like genie in a bottle. No, no, no. I stand on the word of God, and I declare it. God shows up and does the rest. Ultimately, no matter what, I submit. The word submission, sub means under. I come under his mission. And I say, God, you are in control. And I surrender to you. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, we thank you for who you are. Thank you that you're stretching us today. I thank you that you're growing us. I thank you that you're calling us to deeper waters. I thank you that you're tilling some hard soil today. 
I really feel that in the room right now, that there's been years and years and years of, of, of just religiousness that has hardened hearts. And right now, in Jesus' name, I pray that you till the soil, till the soil of every heart in this room, every heart. And Father, if there's one in this room or, or watching online that doesn't know you, God, that you would stir their hearts right now. Call them home. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I want to talk to you just for a second. If you're in here and you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, or if you're watching online with, with all the hundreds and ultimately thousands of people that, will, that have been watching our videos, I can't leave them out. If you don't know Jesus, today is the day of salvation, and I want to lead you into salvation. Jesus is knocking on the door of your heart, and all he's asking is, will you let me in? If he's tugging and you're ready, I just want you to pray this with me. Say, pray this. Say, Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross 2,000 years ago. And I, I believe that on the third day, God, you rose him from the grave. And you are alive right now. And because of that, I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins and wash me and cleanse me. And I'm turning from my old ways and I'm making you the Lord and Savior of my life. Today I put my trust and my hope in you. The Bible says if you prayed that prayer in faith that you have been saved. And I want to, before we continue on, if you prayed that prayer, I want you to come find one of our leaders and I want you to let us know so that we can help you in your next step and your journey. If you're watching online, man, just send us a message. Type into the text. Say, I need someone to talk to me. I just gave my life to Jesus. 